Well, again, it is our privilege to be here in the home t- our own hometown, the town of Portland, on for this gospel open-air service. We trust that the Lord will take his word, that you'll take just a little time, and that you'll stop on the mad course of life that you're on if you're not a Christian, and that today you'll consider eternal matters. So often in these days, in the run-up to Christmas, we find ourselves consumed with the things of time, with regard to the things of life, and really those things that will not matter 100 years from this moment of time. So I trust that you'll think about those things that are eternal this afternoon, and that you'll spend a little time as the Word of God is preached even in this town. Let's unite in a word of prayer before we read the Word of God, and then we're going to bring the Word that God has given for this afternoon. Let's unite in prayer. Loving Father, in the name of thy dear Son, we come to thee on this thy day to again declare thy Word. We rejoice in the great commission given to thy church to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And, O God, though these days be days of great calamity, and days of great crisis within our nation. Yet we rejoice in the hope that is found in the gospel. We realize that men and women, they are placing their hope in some vaccine that will only be able to spare the body for a few years. And yet, Lord, we think of the hope of the gospel, that which affects the soul, that which will preserve the soul in eternity. We pray, Lord, that this afternoon that thou wilt draw near and be pleased, dear God, to minister in a manner that is best fitting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Use thy word and bless all the technology this afternoon. We pray this in our Savior's precious and worthy name. Amen and amen. I'm reading a number of verses from the book of Galatians. This afternoon, Galatians chapter number 4. I'm going to read from the opening verse of this chapter. The Word of God says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors unto the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth his Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. May the Lord bless the reading of his precious word. You know, there are many events in our lives, many events within our nation, many events in our world that are really not that significant when you think about it, when it comes to the whole scheme of things. However, there are events that occur within a nation that can be the turning point of that particular nation's history. I'm thinking of war and how at times war has 
turned the whole history of a particular nation around, or even scientific discovery uh, with regard to the finding of remedies for uh, smallpox and polio and for measles and other diseases that have inflicted humanity. I think of uh, those events with regard to the overthrow of one royal household by another royal household. That has been at times a great turning point in the history of a particular nation or even with regard uh, to the falling of communism or some other dictator or tyrant and how that has changed the whole course of a particular nation's history. However, as important as all of these events are, yet there is one event in human history that far surpasses them in their importance. And it is this event that we want to think about this afternoon. Because tonight, this afternoon, I want to speak to you about the moment that Jesus Christ stepped into humanity's history. It is this that Paul is writing about when he pens this pastoral letter to the saints in Galatia. There he says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And so today I want to simply speak to you about the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. The coming of Jesus Christ into the world. The first thing I want you to see about the coming of Jesus Christ into this world is the moment of his coming. The moment of his coming. Note there the words in verse 4, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son. The word fullness here within the text has a thought behind it when something has been finally made complete. Or it can mean the arrival of a given moment within a specific epoch of history. The phrase, when the fullness of the time has come, indicates that God had an exact date and an exact hour and an exact moment when he was going to send his only begotten son into this world. Not a moment sooner and certainly not a moment later, but at the exact ordained, predetermined time, God sent his son into the world. And what a gift he sent to us. He did not send us a politician. We didn't need one. He didn't send us a musician. We didn't need one. He didn't send us a comedian because mankind didn't need one. He didn't send us an entertainer because mankind did not require an entertainer. He didn't send us an economist for mankind did not need an economist. He did not send us some sporting individual, for mankind needeth not some individual like that. But God sent a Savior, because that's what we need. That's what sinners need. 
That's what you need this afternoon. You need a saviour, and his name is Jesus Christ. And God had a time to send him into the world. I believe that God allowed mankind, whenever they fell into the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve disobeyed God's royal law. They became transgressors of that law, violators, rebels against God. And God gave them a promise that a seed would come to crush the head of Satan and his heel would be bruised. But God did not send mankind that seed immediately. No, 4,000 years elapsed before the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. Why did God leave it so long? He left it so long because he wanted mankind to get to the point and to the realization that they of themselves could do nothing to appease God, that they of themselves could do nothing to be right with God. And so God brought mankind to a juncture in its history where they could find no other help, no other refuge, no other safety, but in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ stepped into the world. History records it. Those who are non-Christian historians identify a man called Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, working miracles, delivering men and women from the grip and power of Satan, and then going to a cross and dying for sins upon the cross. Jesus Christ came into the world at the right moment, at the right time, to meet man at his greatest point of need. All prophetic utterances in the Old Testament were, thank God, leading up to this exact moment. The stage of history was arranged that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. A decree goes out from Caesar Augustus that all the world needs to be that all the world needs to be taxed. All the world needs to be that all the world needs to be registered. And Joseph and Mary, they found their way to Bethlehem. And the Christ was born. The Lord Jesus Christ, all prophetic utterances were pointing to this moment of history. Christ stepped into our history. What a wonder. What a miracle. God becomes flesh, yet never ceases to be God. There he is, the infant. The infinite becomes an infant lying in a manger, and there, cradled in his mother's arms, there was a time that Christ came in to the world. The birth of Christ was no accident. It was part of and fitted in, thank God, into the fully articulated and engineered plan of Almighty God. I trust this afternoon that you realize that Christ came into this world that he was born of a virgin, born of a woman. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Christ came into the world. The moment of the Savior's coming into the world. Let me ask you this afternoon, 
What do you think about Christ? What think you of Christ? Don't care what you think about me, really. I'm not important. What do you think of Christ, the Son of God, the one who left heaven's glory, who took flesh and dwelt among men, who lived for man, and then died for men, and then rose again for sinful mankind? What think you of Christ? Is he your Savior? Have you received him? Have you been redeemed by his blood? Have you been rescued from a life of sin? Have you been delivered from hell and eternal damnation? Does it fill your soul with wonder that God would stoop down and clad himself with the garments of our flesh in order that he might rescue you from sin and hell? Does it fill your soul with deep appreciation and amazing wonder that God in eternity past purpose that there would come a time, a time in the calendar of human history that Christ would be born and settle the sin question once and for all. Oh, see it this afternoon. See it, sinner. The moment of Christ coming in the fullness of the time, God sent forth his Son. God stepped in. God intervened into human history after mankind searching for centuries and how to be at peace with God, how to be reconciled to God, how to be right with God. God sent the answer in the person of his only begotten son. I wonder, do you know him? Have you been redeemed by him? Are you a Christian? Have you, have you come to a moment on life's journey that you've confessed that you're a sinner and you need a redeemer, a saviour? Have you come and placed your trust exclusively in the Christ of God? I ask you this afternoon, what think ye of Jesus Christ? There is the moment of his coming. Think secondly of the manner of his coming. God sent forth his son, Paul said, made of a woman, made under the law. Want you to notice that Christ coming into the world was initiated by God. God sent forth his Son. We don't read that mankind after centuries of searching. We don't see there that God was sought after by sinful humanity. We don't see there that mankind sought after God. We don't read that the world in repentance sought for a Savior, but rather we read that God in love and God in grace, yea, and God in mercy sent his Son. God initiated the plan of salvation. It did not originate in man, but rather it originated in the Godhead. God would send his son, the second person of the blessed trinity. There he would become a man and live as a man. He would live for men. He would die for men and then go to the cross of Calvary in order that he might redeem, rescue, save men and women from their sin. God took 
the initial step. You need to see that, sinner. God took the initial step. God sent forth his Son. God the Father commissioned the Son to come into the world. How this reminds us that the sinner in their sin will never seek after God. Never will a man or woman seek after God. In actual fact, men and women run from God. That's why whenever a Christian speaks to you about salvation, you change the subject very quickly. That's why whenever the gospel open air is happening on a bi-weekly basis in Portland on, you decide to blare your horn or turn up your car window or rush into the shop quickly unless you hear something about sin and about your need of a savior and about your need of trusting in Christ alone for salvation that your religion will not save you, your good works will not save you, your righteousness will not save you, but only Christ and Christ alone. You're the individual who avoids listening to the gospel, going to the house of God where the word of God is faithfully preached. How it reminds us of the truth that we have there in Romans 3 verse 11, that there is none that seeketh after God. I trust today finds you seeking the Savior. You know, in the Christmas story, we find wise men sought the Savior, and wise men and women still seek the Savior. I wonder, are you wise this afternoon? Would you be wise enough to turn from your sin, repent of it, and believe the gospel? Would you be wise enough to leave your religion and your self-righteousness behind? And would you come and trust your, your soul and the keeping of that soul to the Christ of God? The manner of his coming. I see here that he was made of a woman. This points to the miracle of the virgin birth. Such needed to take place. He had to be both God and man. And by the miracle of the virgin birth, he was sinless man. He was holy God in the one person, in two distinct natures, fully God, fully man, truly God, truly man, made of a woman. He came into this world as a sinless man, and he lived a sinless life, and that was what was required. Sinners need a sinless Savior, and Christ is the only Savior. He's the only sinless man. He is the God-man, the impeccable, sinless, pure, unblemished, unspotted Lamb of God. That's who he is. He was made of a woman. He died as a man. He suffered as a man. He was nailed to the tree. Hands and feet were affixed to the Roman gibbet. His head was crowned with thorns. His side was riven. He was beaten. He was spat upon. He was buffeted. And then he endured the bruising of the Father. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And there he would there upon the tree suffer and bleed and die for all of his people. I wonder, have you come to trust in the Christ of Calvary. Do you know the Savior? 
Have you been born again? Jesus said ye must be born again. John chapter 3 verse 7. Look it up. These are the words of Christ. Ye must be born again. You must have a new birth. You must be changed by the Holy Ghost. Oh, that this afternoon you had come to faith in Jesus Christ. He was made unto the law. Christ came to fulfill the law in every part, every commandment, every statute, every precept. He fully obeyed. The perfect man, the perfect child, the perfect teenager, the perfect man he was. He fulfilled the law on our behalf. And thereby what he did on the cross was found to be acceptable to the Father. Oh, come to Christ today. Come to the Savior. I wonder, are you trusting in the one who has kept the law of God perfectly on your behalf, the Savior, having failed to keep the law yourself? Though hard you've tried, sinner, you need another to keep the law on your behalf if you're ever to be saved from the penalty of the broken law. And Jesus Christ is the fulfiller of the law. He has fulfilled all righteousness for us. And therefore, cast away your own righteousness. And trust in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the moment of his coming, the manner of his coming. Think thirdly and finally about the mission of his coming. Note the mission. Note his mission there in the words of verse 5, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Previous within the chapter, he speaks here about those who were in bondage under the elements of the world. That's what we are as sinners. We're bound. We're fettered. We're in bondage. We're under the principles of this world. And Christ came to redeem. What does that word mean? It simply means to deliver, to rescue, Jesus Christ came on a rescue mission from heaven. He came to redeem, rescue, free, deliver sinners from under the law. We're born under the law. We're born under the law's precept. We're born under the law's demands. We're born under the law's power. We're born under the law's sentence. We're born under the law's condemnation. But thanks be to God, Christ came to free us from the law, to deliver us from its penalty, to deliver us from its curse, to deliver us from its power. Christ came to deliver sinners. I ask you this afternoon, have you been delivered? This was his great mission. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through but the world through him might be saved. Are you saved, dear? Are you saved, sir? Save from your sin. Save from hell. Thou shalt call 
his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Oh, that today you would be saved, redeemed. The hymn writer said, redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child. And forever I am. That's what I am. I am redeemed. Paul goes on to speak about the adoption of sons. What a privilege that is. Did he have been born a child of the devil and a child of wrath? Now a child of God. And all the privileges that belong to the sons and daughters of God. This can be yours this afternoon. If you would only but take the Bible road. God's road the road of repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ came into the world to save sinners. Oh, that he would save you this afternoon. May this day mark the day of your salvation. May this moment see you turning from sin and trusting in the Christ of God, may today you know Christ savingly, and may you be redeemed, and may you be delivered. Come to Christ. Acknowledge your sin. Confess that he alone is able to save, to save you from your sin. Confess your sin to him and trust in him alone. Cry to God, Lord, I am a sinner and I believe that you died for sinners and therefore I believe you died for me. Come into my life. I turn from my sin. I trust thee now. Save me and make me a Christian. And if you pray a prayer like that, from the heart and from the depths of sin, God will save you and rescue you, even this afternoon. May the Lord be pleased to bless his word to your heart this afternoon. As I close, just let me again say that I'm here for a few moments taking equipment down. If you want to approach us and speak to us about spiritual things, you can. Want to hear the gospel preached again tonight? You can do so by going to a church car park just up the road here, Portland Owen Free Presbyterian Church. You can tune in to your car radio, 87.5 FM. Sit in the car park, you'll be able to listen to it in the comfort of your car. You can also watch on Facebook Live. Go to Portland Owen Free Presbyterian Church's Facebook page, and we'll be there 6 o'clock tonight to preach the gospel. Want to thank you for listening to the word those who have come to stand with us we appreciate the brethren here behind us this afternoon may the lord be pleased to bless his word let's unite just now in prayer loving father we come before thee in the savior's name we rejoice in the savior's coming to the world and how he came in the fullness of the time and how he came to redeem to rescue to deliver men and women from sin lord do that 
even this afternoon and work in the hearts and souls of men and women. We pray these are prayers in Jesus' precious and worthy name. Amen and amen. Thank you.